This podcast tells the stories behind the craft breweries across the country. I'm Erica. Matt. And sound guy Ryan. And you're listening to an episode of Brew Roots. What up, Brew Roots fans? What up? What up? Hey. Thank you uh, for such a successful week uh, with our content episode. Uh, they, I think they really like us in our content episodes. I do too. And I take it back. Content episodes aren't terrible to do when you plan them out. When you plan them out and you have Mike. Buddy Mike. Yeah. Buddy Mike. What up? Beer expert Mike. Beer oh, expert. Yeah. The yeah. same. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yes, thank you. Uh, we had record numbers on our first day, all time huge day like record day for us um and people have given us a lot of great feedback for it uh erica got an email about like a brewery wanting us to even come up just hearing one of our episodes like yeah listen to a few of our episodes and he likes them and uh wants us to go check them out yeah and uh you know how we can get even more interviews we were talking about this earlier do you rate and subscribe seriously yeah you really need a rate and subscribe you just gotta do it yeah no i i think we got a lot of subscribers um, I do too. Because more and more every week, our listens are keep, you know, they keep going up. Um, but the rate helps us get even more listens. Yeah. Cause people uh, look at that stuff. People really look do. at likes and yep. follows. And yeah. And it, it, when a brewery looks us up, that's what they look at first. Yeah, um, and sure. then they listen to the episode. It's true. And just we're really handsome. So that's exactly. probably why they yeah. want us. And like us on our socials too, because that's how we contact, honestly, a lot of our breweries. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. Drop do us, that too. Yeah. If you're not comfortable uh, sending us an email, drop us a DM. We answer really quickly, like ridiculously quickly sometimes. Ridiculously quick. But yeah. So, how was your week, Matt? Oh, uh, it wasn't bad at all. I Fantastic. have finally slowed down a little bit at work. Nice. Woo-woo. And, uh, the weather has taken like a turn uh, for like fall. Today was wonderful. It's been beautiful out. Like it yeah. has, it did not crack into the 80s. It's been like 70 and nice breeze. Nice breeze. Yeah. Perfect day. Sunny. To drink beer. A seltzer. Oh. What were you really drinking a seltzer today? No, I drink a, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, it was cold enough today that I drank a porter. Oh, wow. <sighs> Delish. Yeah. Okay. I did. I did. Delish. And it was an older one, and it was still it still held up great in a can. Yeah, yes, yeah, cool. I can see that. Pretty I cool. mean, I still have that um, that Goose Island um, stout oh, that I gave you like months ago. That will no, that was definitely more the than Christmas a year one, ago. Or whatever. Uh, one that come out like every year. No, it's not. The, well, yeah, the Bourbon County. Yeah, the Bourbon yeah, County. That one. Yeah, 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 those are good to age. Yeah, totally. you, you should, should, you should age that. You should definitely age that. Sell one. that baby. Yeah, don't drink that ever. No, not going to. Cool. Um, Erica, but, how was your week? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking, Matthew. Um, <laughs> oh, I was just about to ask that. <laughs> My week was solid. Um, I've been kind of all over the map drinking wise today. I actually had a what is it? A white wine sangria in a can. How okay. was it? Sparkling. It was interesting. I didn't. I didn't mind it. Those things had a lot it. of alcohol in it. I didn't notice. I only had one. Yeah. With pizza, so like it wasn't much. But I went pizza to... in white wine sangria. Sounds yeah, awesome. <laughs> it was fun. It does sound pretty. And good. then I went to Backlash and had a delicious uh, basil saison. So oh, I've nice. not been to Backlash. Yeah. Yet. That's I have in Boston. Yeah. Right? It is. Yeah, it reminds just me of wrestling. South of the city. <laughs> yeah. Um. Cool place. They. It's a very like. It's like very well like industrial. Set up. Right? Yeah, but it's industrial chic kind of. I don't know. Ooh. It's really cool. I have to check it out. Yeah. I'm very excited to check yeah. it out. But uh and and uh, 
over the weekend, the previous weekend, we all split up kind of. Ryan was in Western Mass. Yeah. Family reunion for your girlfriend. Yes. I was at Notch yesterday, no surprise. And you were at... Where were you at Idle Hands? Oh, no, Lamplighter. No. Uh, yeah, Lamplighter. Oh, nice. Yep, having some Brado food. Oh, Super man. delicious. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm so, so excited for Brado. They've... I can't wait for progression. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's so good. It's going to be so good. Super exciting. Yeah, they're going to have really good stuff. Their food's already freaking amazing. So just imagine that in their own kitchen. Yeah. 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 So um, many of you guys know our very own Erica is a very, very prominent member of Pink, Pink Boots. Boots. Uh, what? And she's going to be presenting yeah. next week. Next, what? Uh, next Tuesday. Yeah, the 3rd, September 3rd. At Night Shift. At Night Shift, that's our next meeting. And those meetings are open to everyone, correct? They're open to everyone, yep. But I mean... It's free for Pink Boots members, and then it's, what, 20 bucks? Yeah, I think it's like 20 bucks for non-members. Um, so that's cool. So last week you said like 5 bucks yeah. or something. No, well, 5 bucks, <laughs> I think, for members, but that's not always true. $0 for members. $0, okay, well, there you go. Matt knows more than you, Erica. No, don't know more. I just read. I read it like five minutes ago just to make sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'll be presenting kind of on my trip to New Orleans with the ASPC conference that I went to. I'm going to be doing a hop sensory. Okay. Thing. That's what you learned basically. Yeah. Yeah. So they did like a hop sensory um, presentation at the event. So I'm kind of taking that and presenting it to pink boots would it be mean for me to put you on the spot and like tell us a little something about what hop sensory yeah <laughs> yeah give us a hop sensory fun fact yeah okay so basically usually what you do is you do like a hop rub which is really just like taking whole leaf hops and rubbing them in between your hands and you get just covered in the oils which isn't actually the worst things it smells freaking amazing but it's sticky and it's gross honestly uh so basically all you're presenting is a better, cleaner way to kind of get the aromas out of a hop. And it's going to be pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Fun fact with Erica. Fun facts with Erica, yo. Way better than my fun facts. Yeah. Aw, thanks. But uh, <laughs> Night Shift should be an excellent uh, location for yeah. that nice big space. Yeah. On a Tuesday night, might be quiet there. Which will be good because yeah. we don't want it crazy for me. Yeah, and they have that other room too, right? Yeah, yeah. So they can totally just kind of. Yeah, they can shove you guys over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close the doors and <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. "Screw you, yeah. pink boots." You don't have to see any bad Tinder dates, or you do. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. What are you drinking, Matt? No, well, one thing I wanted to talk about is I'm getting so excited. Sorry, no, no. Sorry. He doesn't want to talk about. This. I'm getting so excited about. All the Oktoberfest. Oh that are my coming god! Up. I can't wait. And the best time of the year. Erica and I haven't told you about this yet, right? Oh, is this official? I wasn't sure how but official this was. We are going to try to go to the Anheuser Busch <laughs> Oktoberfest. Yes. Okay. That's happening in Merrimack, New Hampshire. <laughs> okay. On September sixteenth. Um, we have not contacted Anheuser-Busch and we do not know if we're welcome. <laughs> but our plan is there to go there and re- see what's the deal with what a... I kind of want to record there. We'll see if I we're allowed. I, 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 I don't want to go there. But I kind of want to be like, why are you people here? I, I don't want to go there and shame anyone. I want to go there and see... No, a, not a, shame. Just kind of... I want to see what it's all about. Right. Goose Island right. might be there, right? 
That's technically Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, they might, be. might be there. So they said there's going to be authentic German beers there. Okay. So I want to know what an authentic German beer is. Put in on a, by Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser right. Um, so that event is happening. And we're advertising for it because it's just like, we didn't get paid. We're not getting any... We just saw it and thought uh, it, was it was crazy that crazy. they're doing an Oktoberfest. But I've heard it's like actually pretty cool there. Have done any of our listen- No, no. Any of our listeners oh, who's okay. been to the uh, Anheuser-Busch um like plant in uh, merrimack new hampshire let us know i've heard good things i've heard there's they still have clyde still there they had a place in merrimack yeah they do that's a thing apparently they do huh that's pretty cool fun yeah facts. so ryan fun you come more fun facts um is it's a weekday ain't it and it's a saturday we'll figure it's it out it's a saturday it's a Saturday. We can make that work. And you said the sixteenth. Uh, you know that's a loose date. That was a guess. Um, I think <laughs> I think that guess is incorrect because the sixteenth of September is. Is it the eighteenth or the twenty-first? Well, the twenty-first <laughs> is a Saturday. The fourteenth is a Saturday. You know, I don't know what date it is. It's but, either the fourteenth or twenty-first. Um, you know, guys, well, either look of it up. those days, <laughs> I can't do it. So Aww. sorry. Well, no sound guy, Ryan. He's no like, no SGR. All right. So we are drinking today. Um, Some beers. Is it, uh, bare bones, uh, triple cream ale. Oh, it's so good. So yeah, good. and we let it sit for a couple months. We did, for better or worse. Oh, but it's actually months? solid. I think, we, I think still. we discussed this last time. Uh, it was what March we went. That's a couple months, that sounds dude. Right. Yeah, a couple months, dude. March. That's like five that would be months. six months. That's a couple <laughs> months. A couple is two. A three. few is three. So a lot is that of months? how you think? Because I think a couple can be three or two. Okay. Okay. All right. Three. Then a few is three or four. Sure. Okay. So Let's go with that. So, so six months of ago, those incorrect. So ne- <laughs> so nearly True. six months ago we went, and uh, it's still good. It is. It's, it's aged very well. good. Actually, yeah. I think it's better. As um, too. Yeah. It's, it's mellowed so- out. Maybe. Yeah. A it's bit? mellowed out a tad because I've had this on tap both times i've been and it's there it's very oaky when i've had um it. and this is definitely a little smoother um you can taste the vanilla which is the characteristic yeah. of true that whiskey the barrel rum rum barrels barrels all barrels mm. no whiskey barrels whiskey barrels yeah yeah no it's nice good stuff guys you know how i know that how do you know that hmm. we can get into that in a second but yeah, what do you cool. think ryan what what do i think what you think it's a good beer i think it's a great beer I it's a solid beer yeah um it's it's hard to drink a lot of it of That's course. why we're sharing. Yeah, yeah, we're sharing. We're sharing it. Sharing's caring. Um, yeah, it it's just very, very strong. Yes, um, both in flavor and in alcohol. So it's you know you'd have it with like a. It's a nice easy sipping. Yeah, yeah I very think this easy would be sipping. A, this would be a good after dinner beer. Exactly. Hundred yeah, yep. percent. Yep. Like an aperitif, if you will. Sure. Ooh, Ooh that's a fancy word. Fancy. So the next beer, I know it would not be an after dinner beer. Oh. Ooh. Or would it be? Is Ryan's mystery beer. We're going to find out in a second. We are going to find out. So in the Dunkin' Donuts koozie. Dunkin' koozie. Uh, Ryan is going to try to guess what this beer is. And uh, this week's beer is brought to you by our friends Cicerone.org. Um, if you guys didn't know, we are taking Cicerone classes to become better adept at identifying beer and best practices yeah. in the industry. About serving beer, yep. tasting beer, everything. And uh, thanks to them we were able to become uh, level one Cicerones and our very own Erica. Well, we're going to become beer savvies. Beer savvies. I probably Yeah. And congratulations. Erica is the first what, one what? to pass. Surprise, surprise. And you passed on the first try? I did. I'm on chapter 1.5 still. I haven't progressed in last week. You said week. it was 2.5. 2. 2. 2. Yeah, where yeah. it was 2.5. Yeah. yeah. I didn't do any more. I've you're, been so, so busy. So that means you're halfway through chapter two? 
Yes. Because there's really no point fives. In right. I'm halfway right. Right. up to two. Yeah, good, good I talk. was feeling really ambitious this morning and just did it. So we're just going to do it, guys. We're You're doing a savage. It. And I did it. I was a savage. I just poured myself some positive energy tea. All right. And I plowed through it. All right. It was um, great. And also um, <laughs> craft, craft Master Growler. Yes. So make sure that you head over to Craft Master mm, yes. Growler because we are advertising a 10% off their awesome growlers. And I bet you in Erica's fridge that that beer is still charged and still kicking. Damn right. I got to get it filled again, honestly, yeah. actually. Uh, but. Yep. You can get 10% off using their promo code. What is it? Craft88. 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 Craft yep. And uh, make sure to head on over to craftmastergrowler.com. It's a solid gift for com. any home brewer or any beer lover, yeah. man. Labor Day's coming up. It's a perfect Labor Day gift. Right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Get in early for the Christmas season. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, actually, that's, that's just around the corner, I guess. Yeah, Christmas, that would, that would be pretty right? cool. Yeah, it would be an um, excellent Christmas gift. Yep. Yeah, like going to like, because I know a lot of people travel far away, right? Yeah. So they want to take a little bit of something where, you know, what they like exactly. to the Christmas party because you know when you show up to that a Christmas party. That actually would be solid. Just bring, yeah. show up one of those bad boys, full of some sick craft beer. Far homebrew. Yeah. Fun fact, Ryan so is good. a Christmas connoisseur, it sounds like. Christmas gift giving. No, mm. no, not really. I just, when I go to a Christmas party, I just want to drink good beer and not like well, yeah. crap. So, All right, so anyway, story. mystery beer. Here we <laughs> this go. This beer is not crap, in my opinion, but try it. You know, Matt, we're not here for your opinion. We're here for Sound Guy Ryan's opinion. That's true. That is true. That is some fizzle, huh? That's a real good pour. It wasn't even a pour. It wasn't a pour. That's a real good. <laughs> that's a real good noise. Cool. Um, cool. So it's it smells really good. Hmm. Ooh. What does it smell like, Ryan? What does your uh, nose tell you? A stout of some kind. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't All know. Right. All right. You smell stout. I do. You can't look at it yet. I'm not. I'm just trying to get it out so I don't put the koozie. Oh, you don't like koozie flavor? I, I don't like koozie flavor. It'll throw off the flavor profile of the beer. Oh, you're right. God. Um. What do you taste? Chocolate, maybe cookie. Okay. Hmm. Huh. And um, what else? Anything? Maybe vanilla. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. And do you like it? What do you, What are your thoughts Would about you get this it beer? Again? Would I get it again? Probably not. Okay. okay. No. But too. It's too desserty really for you. Okay. Too, too desserty. Yeah, yeah. Not a fan. All right. Yeah. All right. As all we right. all know, SGR is not a fan of the dessert beers. All right. I'm not. So why so... don't you unleash that? What do you think it is? What kind of, Yeah, what kind of beer do you think it is? Well, it kind of like what I just said. It's probably like a, a, a stout cookie thing. Okay. Cool. Cool. Release. Yeah. Release the Kraken. <laughs> Coconut cookie cluster. So he's actually wow, pretty you good, are pretty right? close, Ryan. Wow. So Damn. that's from uh, 603 Brewery up yeah. in Londonderry, New Hampshire. That's their EO9, um, like their specialty stock one. That's from a little while ago. I will say. What will you say? Right, I'm not a fan of dessert beers. Right. But knowing that this is 603, this is probably one of the better beers I've had from them. Okay. Interesting. Um, like it's not their regular stuff that you can just like right, go to Market usual. Basket and get. Wanna um, wanna blah, 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 yeah. beer. Yep. Um there's actually some 
decent beer that's, 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 thank you. Yes. Thank yeah, you. there's some decent flavor profiles going on here that are very cool. specific that really come out clear. Awesome. You know. Um, but anyway, um, this is going in the center for people to drink. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not bad, Eric. I think you should try it. All right, I will. Yeah, no, I not now. Again, it's it's just not a me thing. Yeah. Um, as everyone knows. All right, so we haven't even told our listeners what the episode is going to be this week. No. But we are featuring uh, a brewery. Amory Tomb? Yeah, Amory Tomb uh, from uh, yeah. Maynard, Mass. Maynard. 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 Um, and we talked with Alan, who is owner, head brewer, and awesome guy. Brewer of all. Yeah, uh, I think it was just me on this episode. In fact, I don't think I it know was. it was just me on this episode. Uh, so you have to deal with my idiot questions and Ugh. Alan's awesome answers. Answers. It is really hard to do an interview by yourself. It was lovely. It's actually kidding. not. It, <laughs> it's kind of tough, but once you get in the swing of it, it yeah, can if be you get into cool, a pattern, right? Um, yeah. yeah. So it's a good episode. Uh, you hear a lot of um, of you and Alan. No, just you hear a lot of um, just like we get into certain things because cool. there's only two people talking, so. Uh, we go in depth on a certain a couple things that you nerds out there in beer land might like. All right. Hell yeah. I'm excited to hear this one. So um, before we get into the episode, we have a word from our sponsors. And until next week. Cheers. cheers. This week's episode would not be possible without our amazing sponsor, Shirts on Tap. Each month, they team up with breweries from across the country and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using the promo code BREWROOTS for $5 off your first box. Head on over to shirtsontap.com today. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. You looking to get into a new hobby? Oh yeah. Sure thing. Well, Erica, where can we do that? Go down to Beer and Wine Hobby. Ooh. And what can we get there? Everything you need to start your homebrew journey. And we'll help you along that journey by using our promo code BREWROOTS to get 10% off your next order. Visit beer-wine.com to start your homebrew journey today. All right. We are here on a lovely Friday afternoon. It feels like spring. It's a gorgeous day. Yeah. And I am here at Armory Tomb. And who am I with? Uh, Alan Quinn, and it's uh, Amory's Tomb Brewing Company. Amory Tomb, sorry. That's fine. No, that's a common. We get Armory all the time, even from the town. Okay. Uh, so Alan Quinn, one of the founders. Cool. Uh, we always start the podcast asking uh, your role here and your first memory of beer. Um, oh, wow. My first memory of beer. I might be uh, tipping my hands here a little bit because it was uh, uh, some point in my teenage years, I guess I'll say, which is probably not a good thing to point out. Um, first memory of beer was... Um, <laughs> Uh, Magic Hat Apricot IPA. I'm not going to remember the name right now. Um, maybe it just was the Apricot IPA. Um, we were going to a Dave Matthews show, and I was with some friends, and we uh, had some beer. And that was the beer. And I thought it was the greatest thing in the world at the time. Are you uh, local to the area? I am local to so the area. So you're more likely going to the Tweeter Center at the time? Comcast Center? It was still called Great Woods. Great Woods, okay. So I'm not saying how old I am, yeah. but it was still called Great Woods. Well, I called this the Tweeter Center, so <laughs> there we go. We're... Uh, so yeah, I did Mansfield. Yes. Um, and so anyway, it was uh, uh, different. You know, I, I, I remember trying other beers prior to that one, but I had uh, this beer that had more flavor and kind of a lot going on, and it was really interesting. And uh, so, yeah, it was a, a different thing at the time. I think before that, I'd only had Budweiser and maybe Sam Boston Lager. Cool. So, 
So you um, mentioned to me before we even started, this is not your full-time gig. Maybe it is your full-time gig. You probably have two full-time gigs. (laughs) Um, What did you tell your parents originally? Did you say, uh, what did you want to go to school for? I'm sure you didn't tell them, I want to own a brewery. Uh, So I went to art school. Uh, My background is graphic design photography. Actually, I was one of the last holdouts, I'd say, um, uh, for digital photography. I was an analog guy. Did not believe digital would ever take over. And I kind of was fighting it tooth and nail. And I went to school originally for photography at Art Institute of Boston. Um, My freshman year, a whole shift happened. All the enlargers started disappearing and more computers started showing up. And I threw a fit. I was like, I'm not doing this. I went into graphic design if I was going to be digital. Graphic design is where it was. Um, Kind of a weird kid. I liked to collect catalogs and stuff and liked promotional shots. And I also, because of that, liked the promotional display and how things were laid out and um, kind of information systems not a creative thing for most people mm-hmm. in design, but I wasn't a poster guy. I wasn't like, oh, let's create band artwork and do all this really cool stuff. It was like, let's create mundane, simple grids and organize information. So um, I don't know. You a brush of fresh air for Yeah, I mean, everybody else is like, oh, I want to be so creative and yeah. do all this like, punk stuff. Nah, man, I just want to like create really clean looking design. Um, so what did I tell my parents? I don't know. I was going to be an artist and all this great stuff. Um, fast forward a few years, art community wasn't doing great. I wasn't doing great in school. Um, so I went back and I went into real estate sales, which was the family business. And I've spent the past, uh, over 15 years in, uh, a regional manager for a real estate company in new England. Hmm. Um, so this is, that's one of my full-time gigs. The other one's brewing. Can we talk about how you bridge the gap between those two? Where did you find brewing? Um, when I was about 18, for nefarious purposes, I found a homebrew kit up in New Hampshire. I'll never forget, I was up somewhere along Winnipesaukee, and there was a store, a general store, that had some homebrew supplies. At the time, it was all cans of extract. Um, and I was reading a lot about beer, and I was like, this would be really cool, and um, you know, we can learn how to homebrew, and, and uh, it would be a great thing to do. And then I sat on that equipment for years. Um, I bought the kettles, I bought everything I had, but I was paralyzed over starting. Um, but I kept reading and kept reading and kept reading until one day, finally, my brother-in-law, who's now my partner here, said, are we ever going to use that stuff? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, you've had it for years. You're not using it. Are you going to do something with your homebrew supplies? So he encouraged me to develop a recipe, and we did our first all-grain batch. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, but we he forced me to do it. And uh, from that first day, we upgraded equipment in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we brewed at least once a week and did that all year round until we opened the brewery. Okay. So, so for many years, brewing constantly. Are any of those homebrew recipes Amory Tomb recipes today? Probably variations on it. We learned a lot. Um, I When I get obsessed with something, I get really obsessed. So we spent a lot of time on a group called Milk the Funk, learning about alternative fermentation, bacteria, um, sour beer, um, and then started kind of diving down these two really crazy rabbit holes of science and brewing. Um, and ended up um, taking some of those original recipes and they're tweaked a bit, I guess you could say. Um, but all of our, the way that we brew, um, it's very much based on what we were able to get fresh and then what inspiration we can get from our ingredients. So um, I'm sure some of them are based on some of those original recipes, but none of them are identical. A lot of times people liken that type of mentality towards like the show Chopped. It's kind of like what you can get and you make it. Can yeah, at our size, you know, we, we order most of our grain from these these cool guys up in uh, Maine, Blue Ox Blue Ox. Yeah. Um, you know, they malt to order. Mm-hmm. So we say, hey, I need, uh, you know, 
a thousand pounds of two row um, and they start malting and we get it, you know, within a week, they drive it down to us. Um, so based on that, whatever we're able to get locally for ingredients, um, when we use fruits and, and herbs, we try to get them locally as well. So really it comes from that inspiration that you get when you walk through a local farm stand, you see stuff and you go, Ooh, this is, this would be interesting. Let's try a beer with this and, uh, then build the recipe backwards. Was that a conscious decision to be local or is it just something that you were locked into because of size? Uh, a little bit of both. It's, it's a conscious decision. It's something we want to focus on, but we're also kind of stuck there because of our size, right? Mm-hmm. So it's one of these things that it works out well that that's kind of our mindset. But at our scale, I, I can't contract six months out on grain or hops and know what I'm going to be using. Right. Um, so yeah, just it's, it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. The when, happy accident. When did brewing become less of a hobby and then more of a career choice i think in 2015 by january of 2015 we were fully into what we wanted to do we had a business plan we had uh trademarks we had a name um i went and got uh, the logo i'd come up with tattooed on my arm mm-hmm. um, which was my promise to myself that i was going to actually do this and that you had to look at it every day and you own up to the fact if you had or hadn't gotten it done um, so by January 2015, we were, we were kind of full steam ahead and then spent a couple of years working with the town and legislation to change the zoning bylaws to get us into it. So it took us a bit, but um, at least four or five years ago, we had the, the, the goal in saying, hey, we're doing this. Let, let's, let's run with it. Let's talk about the name Amory Tomb. Uh, why are you guys called that? So uh, I used to live across the street from Glenwood Cemetery in Maynard. And in Glenwood is a, a crypt there called the Maynard Family Crypt. Amory Maynard is the person that um, originally commissioned the mill here in town and brought together land from Stowe and Sudbury, I think is, is the towns that came from, and built all housing around the mill. At some point, they incorporated as a town, and uh, there was a vote or something you know, to determine what the name was going to be. He wanted it to be called, I think, Asbit Mill Village, but the people who lived here wanted to call it Maynard after the man who had commissioned the mill. So it's Maynard, a better sounding name, too. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and Maynard family crypt or Maynard crypt didn't really have a good ring to it. And we always just joked, jokingly called it Amory's tomb because it was Amory Maynard and it had the name Maynard across the top mm-hmm. of it. So staring at this for many years when we were home brewing in the backyard and we'd always joke about brewing at Amory's tomb. Fast forward many, many years and uh, the name just kind of was the natural name that we wanted to go with. It has a nice tie to the town, um, the town's history, um, but also kind of a nod to the space where we started. There was never a plan B name or was this always plan one never plan b we did look up you know trademarks and yep. see what was out there at the time there was no amory uh there were armories but no amory and no tomb i mm-hmm. think there's now a tombstone or something tomb brewing yep. um, but nothing that we had to worry about in the trademark wars of brewing either and that's sometimes gonna be the hardest part a lot of people say yeah and saying it now i just you know anyone listening we have the trademark <laughs> it is trademarked guys <laughs> so what did your co-founder do prior to, like, give me the quick, you know, five second rundown. What did he do before this? Um, so my co-founder, Richard Barron, is my brother-in-law as well. Um, and he is a auto mechanic mm-hmm. um, in Hudson. So he's, uh, he's kind of the engineering brain behind everything. He's the guy who can fix everything and knows how to put stuff together. Um, my background was marketing, so kind of is a natural fit. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Let's talk about day one when you guys opened. Uh, what were some struggles that you guys had leading up? Um, ooh, uh, leading up, uh, all the, the kind of things you hear from different breweries from um, facilities issues. You know, we had a great gas line in here. There was a restaurant before us. So we said, oh, this will be simple. We'll come in. We'll tie in equipment. Um, 
but the burners that we got, we weren't able to use. We had to get new burners, which required us to put in new gas lines. Um, we spent um, 100% of our original budget went into plumbing. Um, <laughs> so we already owned the equipment. We had everything else. We'd spent our original budget mm-hmm. uh, and said, oh, it'll be simple from here. Um, during that time, the building hadn't been, uh, the space hadn't been utilized for a long time. And so we fell out of conformance with zoning bylaws and had discontinued use. And so then we had to meet the new building requirements that, that had come into effect. Um, and then we had lots of zoning challenges. So the town, <coughs> the town was zoned for a brewery or about what they considered a brew pub mm-hmm. in the mill and in the mill only, which was the HCI district, the healthcare and industrial. Um, the downtown was not uh, zoned for it. So we had to start by changing the zoning laws and had a big struggle around the term food mm-hmm. and food sales because we wanted to be a tap room. This was our, our original focus. Um, but a lot of towns, when we started this paperwork, tap rooms were new in most of the country, not just the state. Mm-hmm. And so that was a tough thing for the town to understand. This was, what, 2015, 16? 2015, I think, was one of our first formal discussions. Yeah. We'd been talking about it for about a year or two prior with the town, too. Um, so 2015, we spent rezoning the downtown. We got the approvals, but it was for a brew pub. Okay. So then we had to go back and spend another six-plus months to then rezone the rezone downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, to allow for it to be a tap room, which was not going to be selling food and not be food um, based revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the, the, you know, some of the hurdles there. Um, and then just we ran out of money a whole bunch of times and we had personal struggles and all the things that come up. Um, you know, so it's just a, a bit of everything. It's a, uh, we are not the type of people to want to have investors. We want to do it all ourselves and prove what we could do. Um, and you pay for that, yeah, <laughs> you know, figuratively and literally. So it just, it takes a bit longer. Um, and, you know, there, there was a couple of times when you go, oh, like, are we going to be able to make it? Are we going to get it done? Um, so, you know, the lead up was a bit rocky, but that first night opening up and having people, you know, come down and enjoy and smile and say thank you and stuff was, was all we needed. It paid you back for all of that. Is there something you wish 2019 Allen would have told you in 2015? No, I mean, keep your head up. Um, you know, everyone kind of jokingly says when it comes to starting any new venture, if I knew then what I knew now, I probably never would have done it. So I'm glad I didn't know. I'm glad I didn't know what we were going to run into. We had planned to go over our budget, um, not as much as we did. Mm-hmm. We had planned to take longer than, uh, than it did. Again, not, not by any means to the measure that it actually took. Um, but no, I don't think, just, just keep going, it'll be worth it, I guess is, is the only thing I could tell myself. What is something that... You, you you tried to do but didn't maybe come to fruition? Um, there's more equipment we'd like to have. There's more space we'd like to have. Mm-hmm. We'd love to do an outdoor beer garden or something like that. Um, we have a lot of constraints in our current space um, because of the type of building it is and what infrastructure is here. Um, so we're not able to really to do much packaging mm-hmm. and much production for offsite, um, which is okay. It allows us to make the relationships we want to, and we really wanted to have the taproom be the focus. Um, but we just, we ran out of space in the location we have faster than we thought we would. Yeah. Uh, we've been open for three months Good problem too. and we're at the walls, yeah. right? Yeah. So you go, well, where are we going to put something? Uh, where we're recording right now, I just leased this office about, uh, two, three weeks ago. So we had additional space to bring stuff and have paperwork and move that out of the brewery area. Mm. Um, so, you know, things we wish we could do. I'd love to have uh, a nice barrel program and be doing all kinds of packaging. There are ways off. Why Maynard? This town is so unique in a lot of ways. We have 20-something restaurants here. Um, We have a growing and vibrant arts community um, and culture here. A lot of young families have come to town. 
um, and you have this what I'll consider a walkable downtown that a lot of a lot of areas around here don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at Hudson with envy for years and years and years because we always said a, a brood be awesome in Hudson. Medusa came in and it was like, oh my God, this is amazing! Like this is the greatest thing ever. You have this this community that's used to going downtown and walking, but if you went there 15 years ago, there wasn't a whole lot going on in Hudson. Same thing in Maynard. It was, it, it, we think it's one of the, the cornerstone type businesses that draw people in, but really engage the community. And so I've, I've been in and around Maynard my whole life. My family owns property here. My grandfather had a business here. Uh, my mom has a business here. I just, I couldn't see it happening somewhere else. Um, one, you know, we tied the name directly into it. So we're kind of, we're stuck here, right? Like moving, um, doesn't have the same history and the same deep tie either. So it's just a really cool town that has this, this, this kind of culture that is bubbling up. You're invested Uh, in the community. You've laid your hat essentially. Yeah, exactly. And I just think you don't have a lot of opportunities to be in a downtown location. So many breweries are out in industrial parks removed from people. It's great, but it's not the most welcoming environment. Uh, my wife and I go travel to breweries whenever we can, and like sometimes you're driving down these roads, going like, "Is it actually going to be here? Oh, like, yeah. What's yeah. here? Oh, no, oh, trust there's me, no signs, know. Yeah. you know." So, having that main street visibility and having the the community kind of welcome us as part of the the, the growing downtown, it just means so much to us, and that's kind of we couldn't envision it anywhere else. Speaking of community, I kind of know this answer a little bit, but uh, who are some of the people that are instrumental in helping you start the brewery? Um, I have to give a huge, huge nod to uh, Bob and PJ over at Navigation. Um, those guys, my friend Mike, um, Mike Antonasi for, I just butchered his name. My friend Mike, mm-hmm. uh, Mike A., who is uh, the cellarman at Treehouse now, uh, actually introduced me to Bob and PJ years ago. Um, he was friends with them and had uh, was a Lowell resident, I think, at the time. I know Mike. Um, so, and I, I, like I said, I'm, I butchered his name, Mike, I'm sorry. Um, so he introduced me to those guys and said, hey, come down for a brew day one day. So at like 4 a.m. I roll up to this place and Mike's not there. Yep. I'm like knocking on this door outside of a Meadowcroft Street in Lowell, uh, this little garage bay. And I hear this. Yeah, that's one of the old school. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean, they were yep. there. I think these guys were there for about a year at that point. Yep. So um, anyway, I'm like banging on the door. Finally, someone comes over and goes, hey, what's going on? I'm like nothing here to help brew. Mike's supposed to be here. Oh yeah. Mike's not coming today. You got to do the PJ. Come on. (laughs) I can't, I can't, I I won't. I'll butcher it. And yeah, PJ might never talk to me again. Um, but yeah, guy, you know? Um, and so, uh, you know, PJ was just super welcoming. And I remember that day, like just going in there and, and working with him and helping out. I went back a whole bunch of times and sent Rick over there a bunch of times. And, um, I don't know. I, I just, I fell in love with, with PJ and like his approach and how he was doing things and how enthusiastic he was. And it's intoxicating. I yeah. mean, I went, I've been, we've interviewed them twice and it's just like, I want to come back again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, and they're, they're just genuinely great people. Yep. Um, and they did it the same, you know, the same way we wanted to do it. And so talking to him, PJ, like when I'm having a down day or like things are like, you know, in the, you know, in the crapper, you call PJ and it's like, he's like, don't worry about it, man. Just like, you know, go take a nap or just try harder, do something, whatever. And he just kept pushing us through, kept pushing us through. Um, so I, I have to give a huge nod to those guys because without them, I mean, I don't think I would have had the guts to actually like keep going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bob and PJ and then, uh, Mike, Mike's a great guy. He comes down here. He's a, a guest, uh, guest beer tender. I hate, the, <laughs> I hate the term, but Mike will come down here sometimes help us pour. And, um, you know, it's just, those three guys are, are, you know, they make it all for us. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you've been open for three months. Yeah. Right about four, right about three months. I think yep. right now we opened the night before Thanksgiving. Cool. I don't know why we, we, we were hell bent. We were opening before Thanksgiving this year. Hey, so did we it. did. How's business been? It's been awesome. It's been awesome. It's kind of funny opening during the holidays. It's hard to get a bearing for what normal is, right. although 
you know, from my history in food service and stuff uh, when I was younger, normal is kind of a weird term anyway. Right, you never know. Exist, yeah. Wednesday could be the best day of the week and Saturday could flop. Mm-hmm. You just don't know, but you can start to rely on it a little better. Um, so it's it's been awesome. I mean, we've had, um, at the beginning, we were only open three nights, five to nine. We started opening a bit earlier on Saturdays and then coming up another few weeks, we'll be opening on Thursday nights as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's really neat. Like just that, t- the Saturday afternoon crowd, which we hadn't discounted, but we weren't able to because of our day jobs, able to get open. We finally worked it into our schedules and we get people from all over the place coming out on Saturday afternoons. It's crazy. Wednesday nights, locals, right? Um, I say locals, I mean, maybe five or six towns over people drive about half an hour. Mm -hmm. But Saturdays, we have people coming from, you know, Connecticut, Maine, New Hampshire. Yeah, people are brewery hunting. Blows me away. away. And I knew we were missing that. And I was so happy once we were able to, you know, add those hours in. What is the beer that you guys are known for? Do you have a flagship yet? Or is it something that, you know, you know, two months down the road, you have to rebrew it? Yeah, so flagship is such like a weird term to me, but I understand. I mean, we have we have core concepts, mm-hmm. um, and we actually do have a couple of flagship beers, um, but they come back in slight variations. Um, we are a farmhouse focused brewery first. Cool. Um, abs- completely obsessed with um, saisons, Belgian beers, um, beer to guard. Um, one because it's it kind of bucks tradition and kind of throws off the style hat a little bit. I think we get so categorically concerned. Um, with music and everything we do, particularly here in the U.S., it's like just drive down to like you can really fully define something till maybe the definition doesn't fit anything anymore. Um, I hate that. <laughs> so uh, we certainly I, are seeing that in beer. Yeah, love Belgian, love love the kind of the Belgian approach. Um, and I started drinking craft beer a long time ago. My palate's gone through all of the phases, and I'm at a point now where I like a really simple, nuanced beer, and I feel like you know. A lot of styles don't lend themselves to that. Yeah. So half of our lineup generally is going to be um, Saison-style beers. People caution us, you can't do that, you can't do that. But we've actually had customers thanking us left and right for, hey, thank you for not having six IPAs. Yes. Right? I was going to say, that's awesome. Having one or two pails or a pail and an IPA, this is great, perfect. So we'll be rebrewing um, uh, our classic Saison. It's more of a traditional um, what people think of as a saison, we tend to brew a little bit lighter mm-hmm. uh, ABV just because we try to keep it more, more approachable. Sessionable. Want you to come down and have a few. Um, so we do a little bit lower than the standard six, six and a half percent most people think of. We're in the four and a half to five and a half percent range for most of ours. Um, but our saison classic is something we'll we'll brew constantly. A beer, surprisingly, the first beer we brewed here, um, our first commercial batch at this location uh, was a beer called Estuario. We don't name most of our beers. I also struggle with that in the trademark you know, world. Of course, yeah. um, so but we brewed this beer called Estuarial, which is a really unique Saison. It's a classic pills and malt base, but we used this legend six row pills from Blue Ox. Cool. That's super grassy and just weird. Uh, we paired it with Kazbek hops. And so you get this like spicy, green, grassy note. Um, and we didn't know what people were going to think. Like I was so thrown off when it was, when it was young, I was like, man, that is so much greener than I thought it was going to be. And like, we went back through the notes, kept tasting, kept tasting. And it hit this place from like, this beer is phenomenal. And it's, 
it's approachable for a lot of people, but the beer geeks who come in are like, this is such a crazy Saison. What'd you do? Like there's a Szechuan pepper in here. What's in it? Like it's just yeast and some, some kind of, you know, spicier hops. And it, there's nothing really kind of crazy about it, but it brings out these different notes. Uh, so we just determined recently, we're going to start bottling that beer cool. um, to try and have available here to go. So you're bottling, is that meaning that you're going to be doing growler fills or 750 Belgian, yeah, cool. cap, Belgian 750s. Um, we do growler fill usually two to three growler, uh, um, brands a week, mm-hmm. um, and offer those Wednesdays and Sundays, but we don't have them all the time. We want to be able to have this beer like in a cooler. You can just grab it and, and, you know, walk out with it. Very cool. So do you think that the more sessionable style, we see a lot of Pilsners, lagers, or seen saisons, um, being brewed at, at breweries. Is this because in your opinion, breweries are becoming more popular to go to and they want to have a beer available for everyone? Or are we slowly moving away from heavily hopped IPAs, double IPAs? <laughs> <laughs> that's a it's a really touchy subject for a lot of people, and I, you know I don't think there's a, a right answer. But my own feeling is that it's a little bit of all of those things, right? So on one side you have brewers who are saying, look, like we're going to start to brew again what we want to drink, and at least have that as part of our lineup. And so I was talking about my own palate before. I like things that are really kind of nuanced, but that aren't overly complicated. I love going and getting a double IPA and hit myself over the head. But mm-hmm. when I'm sitting down to have dinner, I'm home from work, I, sometimes I'm not up for that challenge. Yeah. And so I think it's it's part of the the brewers and where they're at. Um, I think a lot of the consumers also are, are driving that force um, to have a counterbalance to kind of the trend in the market. I think from a retail standpoint, you're going to continue to see IPAs dominate the market because that's the new entry point for a lot of people. And I always laugh. People go, I don't like hoppy Why beers, but what yeah. do you have for an IPA? Yeah. Because they're different now. It's yeah. not people thought of an IPA as that West Coast style. We were revisiting some of my old favorite beers. And I'm like, damn, that's bitter. Yeah, it's crazy. Now instead of bitterness, you get hop resin. You get this like abrasive resin. Which when things are overly hopped, it used to be that they just were like unpalatable. Now it's on the finish. It's a weird. It's a weird place. But I think it's just that fruity, juicy. There's a trend now for de-alcohol, uh, de-alc IPAs. I don't know if you've seen this, yeah. but it's a new trend. Basically, just people want to have this like really juicy non-alcoholic yeah, slurry it's a hop tea That's yeah true. so it's it, i don't i don't get it personally yeah. but people like those flavors and like chasing after them um we we again try to stay a little different like i don't use london three mm-hmm. don't hate me but that's we don't that's not a, a a strain we try to bring in our brew house very often um our ipas are fermented with a wild sack it, it's just because we want a different flavor profile so i don't know where the mainstream consumer is, but I mean, they're, they tend to just go for these colorful cans that are juicy and bright and floral and tropical. And, you know, maybe it's tying from the, (laughs) from the, maybe it's tying though from like the craft spirits world or from, um, you know, margaritas and, and drinking, you know, uh, I don't know. I feel like that kind of, most people don't start drinking whiskey day one, right? right? They, they try a fruity drink, a punch or something like that. And I think it's just where a lot of people, it's an entry point on things that are a little sweeter, maybe a little fuller bodied and, and, you know, aren't as quote unquote complex when you break them down. Mm. Um, I, I don't know, just it's easy just to so drink. So the total, what your brain would think of like complexity, you would think a lager or a Pilsner would be an entry, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. But it, people, we also get a lot of people go, Oh, I only like, you know, uh, yellow beer, right? Right. Like and we get a lot of those people are like, Oh, this is great. Like I wouldn't have thought I'd like craft beer. It's not all, it's not all the same haze bomb. Yeah. Again, I love them. Don't hate me, but like, you know, I, it's not what I choose to drink every beer. Mm-hmm. This is a little tougher question. What is uh frustrating about the craft beer industry? Um, 
the trademark stuff is kind of weird. Like that's a really, that's a serious issue. Um, and I get it because my wife is in corporate law and in business law. And so she's Jeez, like, well, you got to full, full circle. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, got, out, yeah. you have to have trademarks and you have to aggressively go after them and stuff. But I think it just gets a little too much. So I think seeing this, this industry that was all about camaraderie for years because it was a very small industry. Now that it's growing, there's less camaraderie. Um, I also think there's a lot of dogma and there's a lot of just kind of like, well, that doesn't work. And people who are just hold hard on this line because they've never done it that way. Um, so those are probably my two biggest frustrations. The people who have been around a bit longer that maybe are like, well, that doesn't, you can't do that. Or why would you do that? And, you know, at the end of the day, if, if you're making a good product and it, it's selling well, there's some merit in that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's an honest question. Talk about the tap space for us. Uh, set it up, you know, visually for us. Uh, our tap room? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we have picnic tables. Uh, I say that kind of bashfully, but um, because that's a, a, I feel like a big joke with a lot of tap rooms. Like you end up with picnic tables for multiple reasons. But um, we have two uh, low top picnic tables, but they are stained nice and dark and they're all shiny. Um, and we have two high tops. Um, we can only seat 46 is our occupancy. Um, and then we have the big, when you walk in, the, the kind of focal point is this big concrete bar that we poured, uh, 2,800 pounds of concrete. Cool. Um, and so when you walk into the space, if you if you notice when you, when you walk in, you're in the retail area. And then if you look over to your left, there's a big window and you can see the seating area and you see the bar in front of you and there's a register right in front when you walk in. And so um, it's to find out it was actually two bays that we opened up into one. And so we put the bar and the walk-in right in the middle. So our taps pour right off our walk-in and you basically sit in front of the walk-in without knowing that it's there. And then down to the left-hand side, we have a, a dartboard and like a, a drink rail for now. And then there's bathrooms in the back. It's real small space. Um, it's cozy though, um, dark woods, um, obviously a rustic dark bar, the concrete bar top, um, black ceiling, um, gray walls for better or worse. We had someone complain about the gray walls. Um, I love them. I was like, yeah, it's, it's light black, yeah. um, and black and white photos on the walls. Cool. So it's just kind of a cozy space on the darker side. Um, I love these big expansive breweries like, um, um, backlash, their new tap room is gorgeous, like white walls and stuff. And you have these huge industrial spaces. You can make it look really nice. We're in a small space with kind of like closed in, closed in feeling. So we tried to kind of double down on that, right? Kind of make it cozy or make yeah. it darker and, and kind of make you feel like you weren't in some big expansive space. Yeah. Smart. You mentioned untapped earlier. We were talking about that off air. Um, how do you take feedback from untapped, which is kind of uncontrolled? Do you, how do you, I, I'm essentially asking, how do you ignore the noise and get some gem out of it sometimes? So I was saying earlier too, I was, I have an art background, so I love critique. Yeah. Um, in my professional life outside of brewing, I've been kind of criticized a little bit for being overly honest, I guess, with my feedback, but I'm, I think you can't grow unless you get honest feedback. But it is tough with rating sites because the hardest part for me, and of course I check them probably like most other people do, there's that little dopamine hit like you're on Facebook and someone liked something. You have to go and look to see what people said today about a new beer. Um, but you have to kind of understand that everyone's baseline is different. So for some people, a two and a half might be an average beer. A 2.75 might be a great beer and a 2.25 might be a horrible beer. Right. For somebody else, they might run on a half point or a zero point to a five point scale. Um, so you kind of have to figure that one out and just kind of accept that people rate things differently um, and look for actual feedback. Um, 
you know, I can't stand, and you see this on breweries all the time, people will rate the space instead of the beer. And I get it. It's all part of what you're getting. But if you're at a restaurant drinking someone else's beer, you know, and the restaurant doesn't make it, and you're rating the beer on what the restaurant looks like, you're not doing anyone a favor. Mm, you know, agree, yeah. Give the feedback to the restaurateurs. Um, but I, I openly accept feedback. I love feedback, and I think you can only learn and grow from it. But not everyone has the same baseline of knowledge. So you just have to kind of look at it and say, oh, well, people do or don't like this as a general trend. And here's things that I don't like about it and like to improve. And here's things that people have given me direct feedback on. So I think you have to take it all with a grain of salt. Um, but you also have to know that a lot of people tend to rate things probably a lot of people aren't as knowledgeable right. about the subject as the people you trust on your tasting panels, your sensory panels on, um, you know, when you're releasing something new, you say, Hey, what do you think about this? So you have to kind of keep that in mind and not, not take it too, 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 too much to heart, but definitely look for honest feedback and look for things that you could do better. Um, or there's certain things that you might not pick up in your beer that, Hey, this is someone's first entry into drinking a, a Pilsner, right? And they, this might be their feedback on it because their baseline, they don't have something else to compare it to. Yeah. So you have to just kind of, try and understand the motivation that was coming behind it, which is tough because it's social media of sorts. Of course. What's next for you guys? Um, I mean, three months, it's hard to, I, <laughs> I have a feeling that you're more days. Thinking, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, we don't think in, in, yeah, we're, we're, everyone goes, so what, what are your expansion plans? Right. And that's a big joke. Like, right. The day you open, you already have your next five years planned out. Yeah. Um, next is getting more days mm -hmm. and making more beer. Those are our two biggest uh, focuses right now. Um, we, on a really good week, we're running at a, sh a shortage on our beer. Um, on a slow week, we make up for it. So getting another another uh, couple um, turns in a week would be mm -hmm. excellent. Um, and equipment upgrades and um, doing more fun stuff. We have some barrels coming in soon, which I've been waiting for. Um, so I don't know. Those are the, kind of the big ones. More days, more beer, um, and then hopefully more space. Who are some of the people in the area that are doing it right, other than you mentioned navigation earlier? Um, I mean, there's a lot and they're all different types, but I would say the guys over at Medusa are doing a fantastic job. Um, I've looked at them a lot for how they've gone about this, how they've interacted with the community. How originally they partying. had a reasonably small space. Yeah. They've, too. they've more than doubled their space yeah. and now they're opening another facility out behind. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they're doing it right. They understand it, but they're also not rushing into it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think locally other breweries that are doing a great job, um, treehouse you have to look at these guys i mean they're doing a fantastic job of growing um and just expanding like crazy um <clears throat> they're they're some of the, the best in the area i think um you know breweries that i look up to a lot and people that I've, I've kind of followed for a long time to see what they're doing um mystic has done a really great job cambridge brewing company is doing a great job cambridge blows me away yeah. i mean they're celebrating i think 30 years i know and it's like humble 30 years you know it's like <laughs> a brew pub yeah 30 years like that blows me away and right. like but they just double down on what they do and like do a phenomenal job um and they hold kind of tight to their to their tenor like that's what they're going to make this is how they're going to go about it and right. i think they're doing a phenomenal job lamplighter yeah. those guys are blowing me away yeah. um the whole coffee tie-in with the beer, I think, is a cool spot. I but, love it, yeah. But they're making cool styles, man. Like, how many people making making extra special bitter? Not a whole lot. I know. We do. They BSPs do. Are like, cool, yeah. like ten ten breweries in the area, I can think of make one on a regular basis. Right. You know, people throw them out as a special here and there, but like focusing on these kind of like more obscure. Yeah, yeah I guess so. They're doing a great job. I mean, I don't want to miss people and say yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, one, but yeah. these are these are some places I look up to and say like, man, you guys are doing a fantastic job. Yeah. So in Wormtown, those yeah. guys too, like they're. 
I don't know, I think they're hometown team of the Boston Red Sox now. Or yeah, the, uh, the Blue Sox. Anyway, yeah, and Worcester, the Paw Sox. Yeah. yeah, they're doing a fantastic job. And um, I don't know, all these guys are the ones who are growing smart, you know, and they're paying attention and they're, they're actually trying to scale and they're not just taking a huge infusion of cash to, to, to waste it, but they're planning out how they're going to grow and where it's all going to tie in together and have a vision. Um, like the dudes at Kent Falls, I know they're down in Connecticut, but man, I went out there and hung out with Barry for, for a while. A real farm brewery. Like, yeah. th- they started by selling pigs and chickens. They weren't even making beer. Like that's how it started. Like they're all doing really cool things. Yeah, that makes you feel good when you mention stuff like that. That when people say craft beer industry saturation, I'm saying saturation in air quotes. It's not like people are just taking this influx of money and buying Ferraris. Like I don't see any brewers driving around in Ferraris. No, M- maybe not. <laughs> I haven't seen any I, here. Yeah, yeah. Maybe somewhere. somewhere else. But. Um, it seems like it's a lot's going back into the business to continue it to grow. And that's a really cool. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of have this constant strive to make it better Yeah, and making it better means constantly upgrading. And so like for us, every dime that we make, you kind of are just putting right back into it because you're trying to get those things that you couldn't get right away. And there's always some other really cool piece of equipment, but there's also some really critical fundamental piece of equipment. So mm-hmm. you're having to make these decisions and yeah, you got to just keep pouring money back into them. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing though. Yeah. So let's get to know you a little bit better. Um, where do you get your recipes from? Where do you get inspiration? Um, food culture in general. Okay. Um, so uh, you can't see me on the podcast, but uh, I'm not a skinny guy. Um, I, I enjoy eating. Um, I enjoy um, uh, just different experiences with food and with flavors and with aroma. Do you have a favorite style of food? I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm all over the map. Um I don't know if it's locally, there's a Korean restaurant I eat it all the time. Cause it's super spicy and like great soup and like mm. fresh stuff, but I don't necessarily have a favorite style. It just, I like just different experiences. Um, and so trying to kind of envision what's first of all, what's the, like, how do you want someone to feel first, which is kind of a weird thing. Like you start with this kind of warm and fuzzy, like, well, what experience do you want someone to have before it even hits their palate? Like what's the, 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 the moment or what, what are they enjoying or why, why would someone want this type of beer? And then kind of working backwards from there. Um, and then just walking through local farm stands and stuff. I go to Idlewild farms in Acton all the time and just walk through and look at fresh produce and look at different fruits that are there and just think about the way that different things play together. And, um, that's where most of my inspiration comes from. Uh, it's some people I know go color or artwork or whatever yeah. it is. For me, it's just it's all about taste and experience. I, I ex- fully expected you to say you draw or you take photos or you know you inspect nature you know it's just like yeah, you know, from yeah. the artistic side but i think that you're able to and correct me if i'm wrong take that artistic approach to few to food or, or beer right like you're you're thinking about experience instead of saying like well full food is fulfilling like i eat food because i love the way it tastes yeah I don't think of like I'm getting this euphoric experience. You know, it's. it's I think of food of, of like the again, like I was talking about the the dopamine hit of social media earlier, like that dopamine experience of food. Yeah. And it's that like there's it hits a pleasure center and there's a reward there, and you know, uh, don't get me wrong, who who doesn't love like a great bacon cheeseburger or something right. like heavily fried? But the experience of that is like recovery of like you know maybe I had a hard night or a hard weekend or I'm I'm trying to like just like well you know dwell on my sorrow here whatever it might be. I'm trying to think instead of like bright for the most point mm. for the most part and um, <clears throat> I don't know things that kind of surprise you a little bit in in a way that um, um, a lot of newer food trends are going you know bright colors or bright flavors and aromas and um, things that kind of uh, awaken the senses yeah. for the most part. What's in your refrigerator at home? 
someone's probably gonna shoot me. Uh, so I keep a 30 rack of um, High Life in my fridge at home. Um, but that's not always, that's just for, you know, those, those beers on the side. Yep. Um, and then I, it's always going to be a rotation of uh, local breweries and, and um, different people. Allagash is almost always in my yep. fridge. Um, I can't, it, my wife makes me buy cases of house beer every time we go there. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fantastic, but you yeah. can have it anytime you want. Um, I think what else is right now? Some Toppling Goliath. I know they're not local, but no, great beer. Great beer. Um, what else do we keep in there? Um, a variety of saisons from Hill Farmstead and Tired Hands and um, your stuff sour too, ones. Right? Yeah. Uh, my beer doesn't make it home a yeah. lot anymore, <laughs> so it's here mostly. But every once in a while, you know, I take some growlers home. My wife wants to get a tap back in at the house. Um, she got used to having six to eight taps oh, on God, at yeah. my house at all, all times, and now there's none. Um, and then what else do we keep on there? I don't know. There's usually um, um, some like Stillwater Saisons, whether it's Classic or Stateside, something like that. Um, just kind of those beers I was talking about before, the, the easy drinking beers. Yeah. Um, and it's always changing. I stop most of the time on the way home and pick up a four-pack or a six-pack of something just to throw it in the fridge, get an experience. And um, so, yeah, but Allagash is always there. Yeah, Awesome. I guess you already kind of answered this, but do you have a guilty pleasure beer? Oh, I have lots of them, but uh, Sacaba, uh, um, Firestone Walker Sacaba is my ultimate guilty pleasure beer. Um, <laughs> I still hunt it. If I find a place that has it, I'll go back every day until I've cleared the shelf. <laughs> um, I have another friend who does this with me, and we just let each other know, like, hey, Sacaba's out. Uh, and we just load up, and I have, I don't know, six years of Sacaba um, just piled up. But I barley wine. That's yeah. I can't drink them every day. I love that smaller format, though, that Firestone went to. And uh, just keeping some of those big, boozy beers in there. You thought I was probably going to say the High Life. Yeah, I figured you were going to say High Life. <laughs> high yeah. Life, you know, you got to have a, a go-to lawnmower beer in the fridge. and uh, I call it the peanut butter and jelly beer. Yep. You know, you There's things you need when day. you run yep. out of beer and, or you just, the night, you're like, I just want one more beer. Yep. I don't want any frills. Just like, it, you know, that's my, my no frills kind of. Yeah. We always close the podcast with asking this question. Uh, what are you most proud of? It's open-ended for a reason. Yeah, no, I know. I'm sorry for the long pause yeah. here. Um, I, I, so I, I've always tended to be a very humble person. So I, I try not to like have shy, show pride a whole lot. But I'm, I think I'm most proud of just kind of how, how well we've been able to pull together with what little we had. Um, you know, we we do a lot ourselves. Um, most things ourselves, and like, I have to go down and fix the thermostat in a few minutes. But um, everything that happens at the brewery is happening because we've either needed it to happen in an emergency situation or because we wanted it to happen, uh, not because someone else said it should happen. And so I'm really proud of how well we've just kind of kept our heads together and been able to think through this. Um, and, um, you know, it just makes me really proud to see what we've done that, you know, when we finally poured the first beer off our taps and it was ready to go, it was like this just like immense pleasure of, man, we built that wall and we built that bar and we poured that concrete bar top and we built our own, our, you know, draft lines. We, I mean, the whole thing, we put every piece of it together from end to end and we made the beer. So serving into that glass that first time was that feeling of just like full start to finish. Like that's where the pride is, like in Fuck that yeah, glass. We made this. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, where can you guys be found on social media and more specifically the physical location? So we are located in downtown Maynard, 76 Main Street. Uh, Maynard, Massachusetts. So right downtown next to, um, there's a big white church and that's actually called sanctuary. It's no longer a church, but, uh, 
really cool uh, event venue there. We're right next to them. So as you come down the main street in the one-way section, you'll see a church, and then right on the right-hand side. Yep. Um, Very easy to get to. Yeah. Yeah. It, our signage stinks, though. We are aware of that. We have, we have two black signs that have our name carved into them. At night, you cannot see a thing. So look for the lights in the ground. There's, you'll see a bunch of upside-down bottles lit up either green or maybe red. Um, green usually just because our inside green bottle joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we package always in green bottles. Um, and um, on social media and everywhere else, it's at Amory's Tomb. So A-M-O-R-Y-S-T-O-M-B, Amory's Tomb. That's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, I don't know, untapped, all of those places. Yeah. And is it a BYOF location? Yes. Bring your own food. And family friendly? Um, family friendly. We, we do have some frequently asked questions we put up on our website about children and things like that. We are, um, we are a brewery. You're welcome to bring your kids. And I always tell people um, I have, uh, I'm pretty open as far as what music my kids can hear. Um, and they are very young, but, um, the environment, it's up to you. If you are comfortable with the environment for your kids, that's fine with me. I am as well. So very cool. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. You gotta go fix that thermostat thank and you. open. <laughs> yeah, I uh, do. Cool. So thank and, you for uh, having us. And good luck with everything in the future. I'm very excited for you guys. Fantastic. Thank you. No problem. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. It was awesome. Uh, it was really good to hear Alan's story from Amory Tune. If make sure that you guys uh, go over to Maynard and try them out um, because they're doing some pretty cool stuff with yeast and all of the um, new, not new, but uh, brewing techniques that they're using out there. I really dig it. Yeah, ten out of ten recommend. Hell yeah! But you know how you can also help our recommendations, Erica. You can like and subscribe. Ooh, because you know Rate and subscribe, actually. Okay, yeah, you should rate and like and, and subscribe. subscribe. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Um, on all podcast platforms, because we're and on all of them. social mediums. Let's just be straight. Yes, and we're easily foundable. Is that a word? Foundable? Why not? Let's make Findable? it Findable? Findable? Findable sounds better. Sure. On all social medias. Just uh, yeah. search for Roots and yeah. we'll pop up. Yeah, and also feel free to uh, send us a DM if you want to hear something specific. Give if there's us some a brewery that, too. yeah, give us yeah. feedback. If there's a brewery you want us to uh, go and check out, definitely just let us know, and we will reach out to them. Yes. Do so um, next week we got People's Pint. Yeah, Greenfield, Massachusetts, Western Mass. What up? Yeah. So this is what this is the. Second Western Mass. Second Western yeah, Mass. This is the second yeah. Western yeah. Mass. So we, we, have have a, a, we have a ton of them. We have a ton of them. Yep. Yeah. So this is going to be just like the main. This is going to be the Western Mass oh, kind of yeah. push. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And don't sleep on Western Mass. They got a really There's cool. There's amazing beer yeah. out there. Yeah. And Four Star Farms out there. There's oh, a really cool beer scene out there. So definitely, it's not just all Treehouse and, yeah, exactly. and stuff like that. There's really, really good beer out there. No yeah. knock against Treehouse. Isn't Treehouse like. South. Is that considered Western Mass? Yeah, no, no it's, it's like, Western Mass. It's, it's still Western where the Mass. dinosaurs live. Oh. Yeah, it's still. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Cool. Yep. My bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> until next week, guys. Cheers. Cheers.